Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody, the podcast where we talk with people behind top nonprofit galas and signature fundraising events to showcase how they positively transform their communities. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli, and today I'm so excited to have two very special guests on, Katie Arnaldi and Holly Radom, and they are co-chairing an upcoming event for the Children's Museum Houston, which is one of the top children's museums in the United States. They have an annual gala every year that really is one of the most fun, and I've gone to it, had the good fortune of going to it several times. This year, they're doing something extra special fun. They're doing a Studio 54 gala. So I'm really excited to be here talking with Katie and Holly today to talk about this wonderful event and what, what people can expect at it this year. So with that, Holly, Katie, welcome, and we're so excited to have you both here today. Hi, we're so happy to be with you today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, you know, the first question I want to have is for Holly. And Holly, I would just love for you to educate our listeners on what the mission of Children's Museum Houston is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, overall, the mission of the Children's Museum is to transform communities through child-centered learning. So as we educate children, it gives them better opportunities in life. So just really improves their futures. And um, the museum does this in many different ways. It um, fosters the development of kids. It increases engagement with parents, which is great because we involve a lot more parents and get them working with their children. Um, the learning experiences that are offered uh, reinforce what they're learning in class. And um, it helps reduce effects that, pov that poverty has on learning. And um, that's basically it. Yeah, we love the Children's Museum. Um, last year, it served 645,000 visitors. And a lot of those are um, people from low-income neighborhoods across greater Houston. And a lot of the proceeds from the gala go to support the free educational enrichment programs um, that the museum provides for those people. So we're really excited to be um, helping them out and supporting the Children's Museum. And what I love about the museum, and I've had the fortune of, um, you know, of touring it a couple of times, is you've got activations for really any subject that, that a child would be interested in learning, you know, whether it's art. I know you also all have a really, really impressive STEM program as well to really edify children and, and really give them the encouragement to pursue things that they may not really have ever had the access to otherwise. And that's what I love about what you all do, especially with serving lower income students, it's giving them in, in sometimes the first access that they may have ever had to something that great. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about here, then, you know, how each of you initially got involved with the Children's Museum of Houston. And, you know, for this one, let's start with Katie. Sure. I mean, um, Holly and I, between the two of us have six kids. So I think our initial involvement was probably just being visitors of the Children's Museum. It's um, a treasured institution. Um, our kids love going. You'll find us, you know, weekends, weekdays, especially when it's hot here in Houston. Um, we just, like I said, we're visitors. We're, we're frequent goers of um, the Children's Museum. And um, last year, Holly and I also got involved. We were asked to be the auction chairs of um, the Children's Museum Gala last year. So that's um, our initial involvement into the gala. So I want to 
I just want to say something here, and I know that we'll talk a little bit about this more in detail a little bit further in the episode, but you all really, you know, bravo to you too, because the one thing that I will consistently say is if you've got good auction chairs, hold on to those people forever because managing an <laughs> auction is the hardest job that anyone does in a fundraiser. And you all really, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but you all really do that in a second to none way. Um, as an organization, I'm always just blown away by you all, what you all have to offer with with auctions. And Holly, talk a little bit about, you know, your your initial involvement and maybe a little bit about how you learn you learn yourself when you do go to the museum. Oh, absolutely. Um, so as Katie said, we each have three kids, so six between the two of us. So in addition to being a museum goer, um, another uh, aspect that um, of the museum is the gala. And so I was first invited a few years ago by, by some friends, and that's where I really learned more about the mission and uh, the people and as many, all the kids that the museum serves. Um, and so really it's, it, it's incredible from a personal standpoint and to be able to see the lot, how many lives the children's able to touch. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I can tell you're both really passionate about it. You know, where where does the passion from each of you come from in terms of why this why this particular organization? Because there are so many, especially in Houston, there's so many wonderful nonprofits. What makes you both so passionate about this particular nonprofit? I think this one is just an easy one, especially being parents. We're so lucky to have access to something like our own children's museum in Houston. And we want to make sure um, that we can support it. And we're lucky enough that our kids and um, and that we have the support network that many of these low-income families don't. And so we want to make sure that it flourishes and is around for generations to come. Yeah, I mean, we're mothers. So we're lucky. We send our kids to incredible schools. Our children are fortunate to have enriching educational programs that are offered in their school. but many children do not. And um, so we really want to help uh, make that accessible to yeah. all kids in Houston. And like we said, with it serving, um, you know, visitors that come for their free admissions program, about 36% of the people who come through the museum are um, let in free of charge because of um, their economic backgrounds. And um, we just want to make sure that we can still do that. And the funds from the Scala can help provide that. That's great. And that's incredible. And Holly, I want to touch on something that you were talking about just a moment ago. And that is, you know, one of your first initial organization, uh, initial um, entrees into this organization was the gala itself. So can you talk about, you know, so you have come back year after year after really being reeled and hooked in by, you know, by, by the wonderful gala that, that you all throw every year. What is something that a person or an organization can do to really create a devoted following for an annual gala or a signature fundraiser that has a good core group that keeps coming back year after year? Well, I think the most important thing is to be extremely passionate about the cause. I mean, when you're passionate about the cause that you are representing and standing behind, that like that is very evident to anybody that to in our network. I mean, we're tapping into our, our friends, people, their business, friends of friends, and really trying to get the word out of the importance of 
the Children's Museum. And really, that's what we would recommend if, if you're going to chair or in any way or get involved in a nonprofit, just make sure this is something that you truly believe in and are passionate about. I also think we're really lucky because obviously this is our first year chairing it, but the Children's Museum Gala has an incredible reputation. It is not stuffy. It's fun. Um, they always do such a great job with the theme and um, it's always a little costumey. It is black tie, but you know, they've done Dia de los Muertos before and everyone had their faces painted last year. It was a Las Vegas theme and there were Elvis impersonators. And we were really lucky to inherit such a fun gala that people have a good time. It's young. Um, it's not pretentious. Um, and I think the Studio 54 theme that we chose, obviously I'm biased, but is going to be really great and live up to the hype that the Children's Museum Gala has had in the past. That's awesome. And, you know, Katie, I want to touch upon what you were saying about um, the the gala not being stuffy. And, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the space in, in a bit. But what I love about the organization is like, I remember one year you all had it and like the Astros were in the World Series. So on these beautiful Corinthian columns, you had television. So there was no excuse for your husbands to say, no, I cannot go. I mean, you really kind of made it this almost immersive, diverse experience in and of itself because you were blending kind of what was going on culturally with the event. And it really added this layer and level of fun to the event because, you know, people would just intermittently cheer like if someone like hit a home run or something. It was just such a blast. Yeah, why why should we have to miss out on seeing the Astros play? And last year with the Las Vegas scene, they had really fun uh the whole second floor was filled with craps tables and blackjack. And my husband was out of town, but I think Holly and her husband, Steve and I sat and played blackjack for the first half hour of cocktails, which is really fun. So it's really interactive. And yeah, like we said before, it's, it's just fun. I, and I think there are times and places for a stuffy gala and that can be fun as well, but um, that's not what this one is. It's just a really good time. They always have an incredible, incredible band. People hit the dance floor and it's a really fun one to attend. Absolutely. So, you know, I want to touch upon, because you were talking about last year's and this year's, you know, and last year having the Viva Las Vegas theme, this yes. year having the Studio 54 theme. And, you know, every time I have gone, it has been a different theme. So how do you think that helped having a different theme every year helps keep the CMH donors engaged in the annual gala and signature fundraiser? Well, it's... It's a whole new outfit to go shopping for, Rob. I mean, <laughs> you can't rewear your Vegas outfit to the Studio 54 gala. And who doesn't love a costume party? I mean, this I feel like this gala always is on the fringe of somewhere between going out and being in a costume. And it's a fun way to kind of incorporate um, your own style into what you're going to wear that night. Okay, so I've got a question. This is a little off script here, but I, I think this is kind of fun. So have you ever heard of or seen or even yourselves known of groups that after the gala will go out somewhere else after, you know, after things wrap? Yeah, like oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And do like all the heads turn when people like walk, like I would just love if someone like went to the country club bar at one o'clock and you're all in Elvis attire, what oh, people totally. would be thinking. So, you know, so I, I think that's kind of, you know, one of the things, especially when you do dress up and you are in costume, the fun doesn't necessarily end 
when the gala is over. I mean, you can go well into the morning, but it also, you know, one of the very first podcast guests I had is Heidi Marquez Smith, and she is the executive director for the Texas Cultural Trust. She talked about how people will remember how they feel. And when you are in a costume, you're going to remember the feeling of fun and the fact that it, like, like you said, Holly, it's a different outfit every year that you get the shop for. So you get to really have positive memories of in ways that may apply to different aspects of, of a person's personality each year. And you get to kind of convey that through the themes. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of times um, when you're invited to a gala, you're like, oh, it's, you know, I'll go into my closet and I'll just, you know, pick one of my four gowns and I'll put that on. But I feel like this is a good way to make it fresh. These themes are really incorporated, not only from um, our florist and our decorator, um, Rebecca, Rebecca Johnson, who's incredible. She, you know, makes sure from the second you walk in the door with the decor and, um, you know, the whole space you feel differently, but also it feels like a new event each year rather than the same thing, just kind of rinse and repeat. Absolutely. And, you know, while it is a diff, you know, it is a different theme each year, it is always held in the same space. And this space is called the Corinthian and it's in downtown Houston. And I believe it used to be the, um, the home of the Houston Stock Exchange. So it is is just this grand, I'll never forget the first time I went to a CMH gala and you walked up those red, you know, those red, the marble staircase with the red carpet in the middle. You literally felt like you were going to the Met Gala. Exactly. You were, you know, you know, a a thousand, 1500 miles away from it. (laughs) So, you know, how, you know, talk a little bit about Rebecca and how she makes that great, because it's a grand space. How does having the gala in such a space like that with just different elements each year really create excitement for your your donors and potentially new people that want to come? Well, as you said, the Corinthian is the most, we think the most beautiful event space in Houston. And people have all kinds of events there, weddings, different celebrations. Obviously, we're very lucky that the Children's Museum Gala is there every year. But when we go... Um, each year when we attend the event, it's completely different. I mean, Rebecca from um, uh, Rebecca Johnson is so incredibly talented. She's been working very hard on this event and has worked hard on it in previous years and completely transforms the space. I mean, you could walk into the Corinthian bare bones and you'd be taken aback and it's beautiful, but Rebecca just goes over the top and transforms it. So can you give a peek as to something that might help, a peek of something that will transform the space with this year's gala? Just a peek, oh, not, no. not we, all we the details. so much good stuff. One little I'll peek or I'll say two. maybe a little snippet, Katie, I mean, right? Just a little. Yeah. So teaser. last year, like we said, with the Las Vegas theme, they had these incredible show dancers and um, there was an Elvis impersonator. And we'll say that you may see... Um, some famous celebrities or lookalike celebrities walking around the gala this year that may have um, frequented studio, studio 54 in the past. Oh yeah. That's- when you walk, when you walk into the Corinthian, you're going to feel like you've been transformed back in time to the disco era. It's going to be amazing. I know we do have to say, I feel like studio 54 was a certain time. We, we weren't there obviously, but 
from doing our research. We're trying to make sure we toy with it being PC and PG because I think there were a lot of, um, you know, PG 13 rated Mm-hmm. pieces of Studio 54 that we won't be incorporating. PG-13, I was going to say, that's incredibly yeah, diplomatic. PG-13++. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots of pluses, probably like yes. pluses from Houston to Houston to exactly. Austin, where I am. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's fantastic. So, you know, the next thing I want to turn to is, um, you know, silent auctions. And what CMH does, I don't know how you come up with these packages. And every single time I go, they are better than the year before. So what is some advice you all would give to anyone looking to create a really good silent auction for their fundraising event? I mean, I would say first, you have to be willing to just pool your resources, your friends, your family, your friends of friends, anyone you know who may have... um, something great to contribute. You have to be willing to ask. Um, and last year when we were cheering, we got creative and uh, Holly was able to secure a beautiful diamond necklace from Zadik Jewelers. And this year we have a few more jewelry pieces coming in. Um, those always do well. And then also um, experiences. So vacation homes, uh, rounds of golf at maybe exclusive courses that you might not otherwise be able to get into unless you know a member and are sponsored or what um, what have it. But we have a great lineup so far. We have Mona Seraphim and Brittany Zeppelin are our auction chairs this year. And I know they're doing a really great job of securing um, some items that are equally as great to the ones that we secured last year, if not better. We also want to think of it as like Um, we package some items together to just create a full experience. So instead of it just being um, an amazing gift certificate to a restaurant to have dinner, but it could be like preparing for dinner at the, you know, getting your hair done here or getting a spray tan at this place. And then you're all getting ready for your date night or night out with your friends. We just want to make, we package a lot of these together to make, um, to create like a full experience. And we feel like by doing that, we can get some of these auction items to um, to have much higher bids. And I would also say, think of things that um, are one of a kind. Um, two things that are in the two auction items that are always in um, the Children's Museum gala auction that we love are one is a night at the museum. So the Children's Museum will put together a sleepover for kids and the museum is all yours. And it's something that obviously isn't a huge expense to the museum, but is, you know, always draws a big crowd and everyone, it's a great birthday party or a Christmas present for someone or a class gift. Um, That's a good one. And then in addition, the Corinthian is kind enough to offer um, a private event in the Corinthian. And I think, uh, I forget who that Jackson. Peter is. Oh, incredible. Uh, Jackson. They, yes, oh, Jackson Hicks and, and Milton and yes. all them are, are amazing folks. Yes. So I think things like that, that are one of a kind and can't just be bought off the street are, are always fun. And they take a little brain power of sitting down and thinking of something like that. But if, um, if you can do that, I feel like those are always uh, great auction items that differentiate it. Well, I think you brought up, you guys brought up just so many great points there. You know, the first, Holly, is 
what you talked about, about packaging things together, because I've been to so many auctions where everything's just an individual item and it just becomes this overwhelming thing. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that is, like you said, you create a moment, you create an experience, you almost create an event at each one of them is an event in and of itself. And, you know, it's, it's a really effective way to showcase that because a lot of times organizations will save those types of things for a live auction. And that's what I love about what you all do is you basically create these, in most instances, they could be very easily live auction packages, but they're so perfectly put together and they tell a story. And because you've got such a good number of them, I mean, 20 or 30 at least, you're really kind of able to kind of pick something that really kind of speaks to you or speaks to your spouse that allows or speaks to your best friend that you can really go and create more wonderful memories. And those memories go back to the organization because they remember where they bought them from. Absolutely. You know, and I, I think, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, you know, it, it's also just like you said, we don't, um, we try not to just have everything like available piecemeal because think of the experience when you arrive at the gala, you, um, you check in, you get a cocktail, you say hi to your friends, you peruse the silent auction. And, um, if you're looking at hundreds of items, then you're not going to have time to, you know, interact with your friends and, um, walk around and get involved in the interactive experiences. So, um, it's almost like a less is more with like high quality items and it also yields, we think better results. Yeah. And I think it makes it more experiential. Um, last year, you know, rather than having like a restaurant gift certificate to a place in Aspen, you know, we had like three restaurants, a Kimosabi hat, a couple stores, and it makes it more of an experience, which I think is easier to sell than just an item itself. Well, absolutely. Especially if you're going somewhere and it's in a place like Aspen or it's somewhere, you know, not local, you're basically almost planning someone's itinerary for them. And you're getting really great experiences that would be a lot of effort for a person to do to put together, you know, a couple of shopping visits and three or four restaurants and putting it all together that it's almost, okay, I just want to hop on the plane this weekend and go. You can go and do that. And I think that that's just an really awesome, fantastic thing that you all do. And, you know, the one thing that's been interesting coming out of COVID is I know a lot of auctions now um, will do stuff where they'll add an electronic component to it. So, you know, talk a little bit about how the organization's done that and that, how that kind of helps people kind of be engaged throughout the night with their favorite well, auction item. Well, you know, we like to compare this to studying the menu um, before you go out to rest to a restaurant. Um, I know personally, when I go out to eat with friends, I like to study the menu in advance so that I'm not spending all that time when I'm with them reading it. I already know I go into dinner knowing what I want. And so it's kind of the same thing when you can sit down in your quiet space and see, all right, what are my favorite items? What am I going to want to bid on? Maybe run by your spouse. This is how much we're going to spend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we're not going to come home with the dog. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. I've seen that happen before where one half of a couple is not thrilled about that. Yeah, that's right. They just, uh, 
you and know, you have a couple child. cocktails and you get in the studio 54 vibe and you know, a dog sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And then it winds up in the home and then it becomes a whole, you know, it kind of becomes, a, you know, a whole other thing. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's great that, you know, people can look at it in advance in a quiet space, but they can also get notifications as well as the evening is going on, if they have been outbid. So, you know, if they've got their phone and they're taking photos or whatnot, they've got that ability to do that. Yeah, it's great. And usually these um, apps are fantastic because they notify you when you've been outbid. So then you can, if you really want it, place a higher bid. So it, it keeps the bidding alive. It does. And it keeps it alive all night. And when there's a lot of stuff going on, and that's one of the great things about technology now is you don't have to close the silent auction anymore when everyone goes and sits for dinner. It, you can go and you can get a little bit more of a return on it as it as it as you know as the evening goes on because people all these people have already bid on it and they'll get notifications otherwise. Yeah. And sometimes they'll open it in advance, which is really nice too. And you can start bidding even before the event starts. That sounds great. Now, you know, talk a little bit about some more things that guests can expect to experience this year at the Studio 54 Gala? Well, we want to talk about the food because Jackson is fantastic. And usually my idea of of uh, gala food is not um, great, but the, at the Children's Museum, I look forward to the meal that they serve every year. Yeah, they do an amazing three-course dinner. Um, our band, Dry Water, is backed by popular demand. They had popular demand. They had everyone on the dance floor um, last year, so we're really excited to have them back. Um, like we said, the silent the live auction is always amazing. Um, oh, and it, when you stay late, there are late night surprise bites. Always oh. that are. Oh yeah, we are curating, helping Jackson curate this menu and yeah, some boozy shakes, perhaps and. Um, some sliders, fun things like that. So it really yeah, but does. Rob, we can't, we can't give all of our surprises away though. I know, I know, I know. Meant to be a teaser. <laughs> well, that's a good <laughs> teaser. I mean, you know, because the menu is a really important thing because a lot of organizations don't necessarily put the care into it. But you know, if you're paying five hundred dollars or more for a ticket you know, you really want to make sure that the meal is of really good quality and anything Jackson Hicks does is always going to be, you know, of the, of that quality. And, you know, it's, it's a really good and important thing, you know, to remember and note. Yeah. We're really lucky to have um, Jackson and co there an incredible caterer. Absolutely. And, you know, don't forget, like I said earlier in this show, when you walk up, you know, it's special when, from the second you get out of your car and you walk up those stairs. It's because I remember one time I arrived a little bit later, maybe like 15 minutes before cocktail hour ended. And you gradually hear this roar as you go up the stairs. So, you know, you're really entering something really fun because you can just feel the energy. And it's almost kind of like you're peeking your head you know, above the surface of the pool as you go up or going up an escalator. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah, that was really well stated, Rob. That's exactly how I, I would describe it. Oh, fantastic. So, you know, um, I want to ask you all one more question, and that is, you know, what advice would you give to someone looking to chair their first nonprofit event? Love the organization. 
like, yeah, you have to have passion behind that. Yeah. Because you have to be able to, um, devote a lot of time and energy to this. It's not just something you want to put your name on and then call it a day. If you want to share something, the goal really is to be as successful as possible to help the organization and to help the organization, you have to be comfortable with tapping into your network and making that ask. And when, when your friends and your network feel your passion, then usually they, they come in and they want to be part of it as well. Yeah. You're giving your time, your money, your energy into this event, and you're asking your friends and your family to do the same. So in order, um, to really be passionate about it, you have to love the organization and really believe in the organization that you are supporting. That's great. And, you know, I have one more follow-up question to that is you two have such a good rapport with one another. So what is the secret of having a great relationship with not just yourselves as co-chairs, but also with the organization or with the board or whomever else you're dealing with? Because it is putting a gala on is a multi-leg stool. You know, there is, you have to work with the organization, the board and the committee and each other. So, you know, what, what, what's, what, what is, what is a secret that you can, you know, you can share of how to create that great level of camaraderie? It hasn't been hard for us at all because everyone at the children's museum has been so incredibly like pleasant and lovely to work with. So yeah, we haven't. We have I know you're, you city. when you were telling when you were speaking of all those dynamics I was like oh wow like I haven't even thought about that yeah but I would say for us at least it's been organic we've been you know involved in different ways with the children's museum gala and then we were asked last year to be involved with the auction and so it's just kind of felt organic and natural so I would say um you know, if there is an organization that you're interested in being a part of, maybe slowly dip your toe in and make sure you have um, a good rapport and it's a good fit for you. And then, you know, see where it takes you. You know, it, it's, I love the way that you said that, Katie, because it's, it's really, it's when, when anyone gets involved with an organization, it's, a, it's a journey. It's not a sprint, you know, and it's, you know, you don't necessarily, if someone's brand new, you don't ne- want them to necessarily chair the first year. You want to make sure that they understand the organization. You understand the dynamics. You understand the folks that you're working with. And you understand the inner workings of the gala before, you know, you 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 go and you devote the time. So I love that thoughtful approach that you all took and, you know, assuming a really big responsibility last year with the auction and then expanding on that this year. So, you know, congratulations. And I'm really excited for you both. And I can't and hopefully I'll be able to be a part of the fun this year. Yes, we'd love to have you. Yes, we would. Please join us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, do my best. Uh, and hopefully I'll be able to get, get over to Houston. And with that said, you know, first, you know, thank you both for joining us today. Of course. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. And the 2023 Children's Museum Houston Studio 54 Gala will be on October 14th, 2023 at the Corinthian in Houston, Texas. For more information, please visit cmhouston.org. And that will do it for this episode of Fun and Fundraising. I'm your host, Rob Giardinelli, reminding you to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and your guests will have a great time. Have a great day, everyone, and take care.